Hello, everyone, and welcome to Lokiaka Henge. We are so excited to be back uh, after a bunch of things that have happened. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, guys. Uh, but we are back with um, Natasha, who you might know、uh, from her Instagram handle as Purpose and Chai. And I think you're drinking chai. Are you? <laughs> I'm drinking bunny. I'm drinking water. <laughs> yeah, I was drinking water. I have like. A disclaimer. I mean, this is probably bad for branding, but I only drink chai like once in a blue moon. But oh, <laughs> I don't do well with caffeine, but <laughs> my secret's out. Lo- love that though, because <laughs> because we are often like asked, like, how often do you drink chai? The answer is none. We don't drink chai. <laughs> I had this. It was cold in LA a couple of weeks ago, so I was on this weird trip where I had it, had it maybe three times back to back. Right. And then it started to feel really weird by the fourth、mm. day. And my husband was like, "I think you need to stop drinking so much chai. <laughs> I think it's affecting you." And I think I was getting like dehydrated and stuff too. So I was like,、okay, mm. "I gotta stop." So I'm just drinking some water. Well, it's so nice to have you here. Thank you so much for joining us.、Um, and just like a little bit of a background, we've been. Fangirling over your account and everything that you put up for so long,、um, and we just absolutely adore and love and find it so fresh, like fresh on our end that you know somebody is putting their、um, story and their message so forward with so much honesty. So thank、mm-hmm. you so much. Oh, I appreciate you guys saying that, and I mean honestly, thank you for ever taking time to read anything I have to say. I say try to say that to everybody who ever leaves a comment or. Reaches out because you never think like people are really going to be interested, and you know people connect or might resonate because so many of us are on similar journeys. But I really appreciate that, so thank you for even having me. Of course, the pleasure is ours.、Um, and so the way that we want to start this is we are officially welcoming Natasha as one of our logs, which is like so so cool.、Um, our people, our people. Thank our you. People. <laughs> and、um, and so what we want to you know start with is exactly you. Who are you? What goes on in the world of Natasha? What does a day in your life look like? And、uh, that's a lot of questions to begin with. So let's start there. <laughs> okay.、Uh, well,、um, I am a first-generation Pakistani American slash Canadian because I lived in Canada for ten years. I was born in the States. Spent the first, you know, twelve、uh, years of my life in Chicago, and we moved to Toronto, Canada. I was there for about ten years before. I left、um, everybody I knew, my family, and I moved、uh, to LA to pursue my dreams of becoming an actress. I've been here for about eleven years now. I've met my husband. I'm a newlywed. We just got married last July. I found my dog Birdie, who I love and adore so much.、Um, he's a stray and a rescue. So,、um, and then a day in my life just looks like、uh, trying to survive this pandemic. First、right. of all,、yeah. <laughs> trying to. Uh, not lose、um, mental sanity, but、um, I wake up pretty early. I'm a morning person. I'm up between four and four thirty in the morning. I like to meditate. I love to work out. I do a lot of writing. I'm currently writing my own script.、Um, my husband and I have a business together, an online business. So we'll look into that throughout the day, and just trying to be present with my social media and also try to grow my community online. So that's usually what my day to day looks like、um, for now, and just trying to stay safe amidst all of it. Totally, how cool! And you know, we often、um, in our in our podcast and the community then around that we build around Instagram and everything, we hear a lot from people that you know have lived in different places, have、mm-hmm. different experiences,、uh, 
Um, talk to us a little bit about exactly that, like, you know, growing up, um, how much of, you know, both cultures uh, have you grown up with? Have you experienced? And um, definitely, you know, what are your thoughts and take on it? So we were always... I mean, me personally, I was so proud. I'm, I was always proud to say I'm Pakistani before I'm anything else right. because we were, you know, raised to just be um, built on a foundation of so much of what it means to be Pakistani. And we grew up, I'm one of four siblings. I was also born into a blended family. So that was also something that I had to learn to navigate. And it was... Um, it was just, you know, you, you only get to a certain age when you are with your peers in school when you maybe realize, oh, I'm not the same as everybody else, you know, because most likely somebody else probably points it out. And then you realize, okay, like, English was not my first language. Um, we don't eat the same things that other people eat. We don't necessarily dress the same way that everybody else is dressed. You know, even though we were American, too, we were trying to find our footing, and you know what's crazy is that i didn't have this full realization of it until we moved to toronto so when we made the transition when we left chicago we for, we went to pakistan for vacation for about three months and then we came back to canada and i went i went right into school so i was in the seventh grade i was starting junior high and there were a lot more desi people in canada where we were versus where i grew up in chicago ah. but i remember in particular i mean the school kind of made a mistake they because I had just come back from visiting Pakistan they they assumed that I didn't know how to speak English mm -hmm. and they put me in ESL classes by accident and they put me on the bus but it was you know it was up log, so you're just talking to people in Urdu and stuff and not thinking anything of it right and then kind of realized oh wait she's actually from the states she was just <laughs> on vacation there so, so they put me in the right classes but it was ironic because I remember the first time I heard a classmate who was um, Canadian Jamaican, and they said, they referred to the people in the class that I had just been with, and they said, yeah, those are Pakis. And that was the first time I'd even ever heard someone refer to our people in that way. So I didn't know what it meant. I didn't know it had a negative connotation. Right. And I said, well, I'm a Paki, because I was like, well, what is that even? You know, I'm Pakistani. I'm assuming that's... And she pulled me aside. She said, no, 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 that's a bad thing. You don't want to be that. And I guess it was she didn't realize that I was Pakistani, a lot of people don't if they're not they right. see they don't recognize that i am i'm always confused for some other ethnicity and um right. i remember just feeling really heartbroken because those were my people too like i had just been switched out of that esl class but there was nothing wrong with them but then i started to realize at the age of 12 how sometimes people see us right. in a different right. way right. and in a negative light and that was um honestly my first introduction of even knowing like that type of stereotype you know and so it was all about trying to learn to find that balance. And of course, I went through my phases of where you just want to fit in with your peers at the right. time, you know, and whatever your peers are doing, you're trying to just not be ostracized because you're a child and you don't want to not feel like you belong in a way. But then you go home and then, you know, you're doing things with your mom or your dad and you're reminded like, oh, you know, you can have, it's about finding the balance. That didn't come from me until honestly, probably my 20s and my 30s even right. so it's right. it's still something that i'm learning and trying to define for myself because i don't think there's one size right. fits all for all of us even right. if we are all south asian or pakistani american or, or whatever we where we originate from so totally right. thank you so much uh, that, that's such a beautiful background and i think we completely relate uh right. you know to the to the fact that 
sometimes it just takes time to kind of like reconcile that on a personal level um or even like come to terms with it i feel like yeah i feel like for us too personally we not just but probably in our early well i'm still early 20s but like late teens early 20s is when we started to realize that hey like we have so much to offer right yeah yeah Yeah. it's funny that you guys say that because i think back now when i was like 12 to like 16 even mm-hmm. i didn't find myself to be even attractive you know how as we as females struggle right. with that concept and a lot of it for me was because my classmates at the time well then the popular girls were always these pretty mm-hmm. caucasian right. girls with blonde hair and green or blue eyes right. and they were super thin and you know right. all those were the ones and that's what we were seeing in the media as well so i would even go as far as doing things like i would i would take an iron like an istri like right. literally and put it over my hair right because i wanted to try and straighten my hair so mm-hmm. bad because i just wanted it to lay down flat right. the way that media had shown me that beauty was supposed to look like well according to them right. and then you get older and you <laughs> so funny now they want to a lot of people want to embrace you know right. the industries are now casting women that look like us and you see women in hijabs in nike commercials and whatnot and it's like oh my gosh you know and all that for what right. you know it wasn't even, <laughs> you just don't know that at that age you just like are trying so hard to like kind of go under the radar because you don't want to draw too much attention yeah. to yourself so Completely. you know and it's think- about fine completely and to think of that like what you've just talked about literally our childhood growing yeah, up yeah totally. <laughs> you know and having done much of our schooling actually you came here in middle school so yeah i was like 11 yeah yeah so you know having done some uh, high school in pakistan as well the very same thing and having done it in an environment of like you know um british american schools etc yeah. uh literally the same thing where we're teaching and it's sort of like a little bit i I think of it and I'm I'm in a little bit of like a horror situation just thinking back thinking like you know how much potential do we really use by try, lose by trying to like you know put forward uh images of unattainable basically perfectionist images of things that just can happen honestly I 100%. I mean in a lot of it there's so many underlying um factors too that, that we could talk about I mean even with colorism and how prevalent that can be in our culture, you know, and where yeah. it even stems from. Right. Because, I mean, I have siblings that aren't necessarily the same complexion as me. And then even seeing how our own people received us when we'd go out and they'd be like, well, why aren't you as fair as your sibling? Or why are you darker? You know, so there's all of that in your child and you're trying to take all of this in and just trying to find your place in your voice, you know? Right. And then you're also still trying to be a good, like, child at home and try to uphold the things that your parents are teaching you you know um right but yeah it's i mean i mean when i have kids one day i think about it about the things i often think about what i would say to them and teach them and especially well i mean girls and boys because i think it's important and i mean my kids are going to be biracial so right. it's going to be you know the world is changing however right. i want them to know first at home from mom and dad that you are beautiful and your beauty doesn't have to look like the next person's beauty you know right. and that's something that I my husband and I often discuss that we do want to teach our kids because we don't want them to go out in search of themselves in the outside world yeah. without at least having a strong foundation at home and my parents you know they're immigrants so they don't know certain things and I don't even fault them for that right. they're trying their best that they can they weren't even told these things so how are they going to tell us so i mean at least for me as challenging as it was i'm grateful for those 
experiences because one day when there's little brown and black children that come through me, I can maybe have them start in a little, you know, better way than I I was. And I just have to tell you guys something funny because I'm thinking about this too. When we had, you know, I had these beautiful thick eyebrows because that's a big part of, like, you know, that's our thing. And then they weren't considered beautiful. So I was so embarrassed that like, I asked my mom if I could get them done. She said, no, you're not old enough. So like after Quran class, like the Quran teacher's daughter would thread and I would secretly just go every two weeks and then they never grew back. And I was like, oh, just listen to my mom. <laughs> but to this day, I'm 33 and they never grew back. And I was like, shoot, and now thick eyebrows are in. And I was like, damn, I should just oh, listen no. to my mom. So, you know, things like that. I'm going to try to save my daughter from stuff like that. Yeah. Don't touch your eyebrows. Just leave them alone. That's you so know? relatable. I mean, that is so relatable. Yeah, I mean, oh my gosh, it was just so those like little things you just like want to change and completely, you know. Um, but yeah, so thank you for sharing that, and we yeah. so relate. Yeah. Um, it just sucks because I feel like then it shouldn't be like a tr- like a trend, you know? It's like if okay, like if uh, thicker eyebrows are in right now. I remember back in middle school when I had just come here, and it was ten yeah. years ago. I agree. The thicker eyebrows were embarrassing to have. And right. yeah, I hadn't gotten my eyebrows done yet. I remember I got them done in like 10th grade the first time. So yeah, back in middle school, I was definitely embarrassed. But it's just kind of sad that it has to be like a trend that comes and goes. Like, it can just be, okay, thick eyebrows or thin eyebrows. It's fine. I agree. Yeah. I agree. And it's, because I'm an actress, when I started going... So there was a time period when the first, like, the door opened where they're like, oh, we want to see more brown people. We want to see Muslim, you know, women. And I'm going in with my dupartha, you know, because they don't even realize, like, oh, I don't wear a hijab on a regular basis, but casting didn't know that. So I'm going in with my dupartha and wrapping myself, right? And there was, I remember one particular audition. It was for um, a commercial for a big company. I can't remember the company right now. But I remember sitting in the audition room, and I felt kind of weird, and I went, so now it's okay for us to show up as ourselves. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I remember going home and telling my husband, I was like, it felt really freaking uncomfortable for me because it's like now they're saying it's okay. Right. And my phone rang nonstop that year for auditions. I mean, I don't, I didn't book yeah. anything because then that's a whole nother story. But then when they're casting, they think they have what they think you're supposed to look like. Right. And they don't realize we don't all look the same. You know, we range in, right. you know, our complexions, our sizes, our shapes and whatnot. But it was really uncomfortable realization for me because I went, oh, wait, so now they say it's okay, so now we're allowed in the door more, you know? Yeah. So it's, to your point, why does it have to be um, a trendy thing? Like, why do our features have to be accepted by the outside world first for us to then be a little bit more comfortable and dumb? Right. But it's like to the point where we're saying it's about building on a stronger foundation and knowing who we are first and foremost in taking pride in where we come from and I think this newer generation is a little bit more mindful than maybe our generations were I mean I'm a little bit older than you guys but you know what I mean so it's I'm proud of how everyone's embracing themselves and being less embarrassed about what it is that makes us so uniquely us completely agree and what you're saying like you know hey I is it okay for us to now come through the door I feel like uh we are also going past now that phase of like checking somebody else's boxes right like i heard a lot about of course what went on this past year in terms of race in america in terms of diversity in terms of just like you know injustice is is like you know a class and a talk and a conversation of its own 
working. But even if we go down, like, you know, the, the layer of what does a, a balanced, you know, inclusive panel on a company, mm. on a, a commercial, on a movie look like, um, I, you know, I was literally looking at an Instagram post the other day where somebody was saying that, like, you know, I am exactly, you, you want to cast a black person was literally the, you know, caption but my hair has to be this way. It, it can't be do right. this. It can't be do that. Um, and so this person was literally saying that, like, you know, we we have had years, if not centuries, of molding ourselves in, into people that can be, you know, accepted. Why is that? Right. You know, and so what you were saying is, is reminding me of exactly that. L- definitely please talk to us about a little bit of, like, you know, the acting piece. So, yeah. on a personal level, we do not know a Pakistani actress sitting across <laughs> from us, um, you know? There's more of us, I realize now. Um, I mean, I think when I first got out here, it was the time of... Because I had to, like, sneak and even pursue it because I was told I wasn't allowed to. When mm-hmm. I was really young, it was compared to... In Pakistani culture, if you want to be an actress, you're considered a prostitute. That's exactly what I was told by the elders in my family so to think you know you're telling a child something like that but I mean often it's frowned upon to pursue the arts period where we come from you know um although I'm sure there's exceptions you know and I applaud those parents who are a little bit more open but I used to have to um lie about where I was going even when I used to go to acting classes because my parents didn't want me to pursue it and I remember getting caught a few times and I just had these amazing acting teachers that I'll never forget no matter where I go in life. And they would just tell me like, you have, (laughs) is it okay to swear? I don't know if you guys allow that. Or do you get into that? Totally, totally. (laughs) My first acting coach ever, he, I remember he called me and I wasn't allowed to come to class that day because I got caught. I think I was like 16 or 17 something. And he said, you have really big cojones. He's like, you have big balls because he goes, I know you, you're going to pursue it anyways. And he's like, and I believe in you. And I was like, yeah, it was, um, it's always been my passion. And I actually have a funny story for you guys about that, which should have told my parents to like, okay, just leave her alone. She's going to do this. <laughs> when I was younger, I, I loved Bollywood films too. I mean, we, we grew up on them. Right. And um, I remember when Thal had just come out mm-hmm. and I'd already seen it, but I was so mesmerized by it because I thought it was just so beautifully done. Mm-hmm. And it was playing at this local movie theater and I was supposed to meet some family friends there. My dad dropped me off outside and I went in and the, the, the theater was just packed. Wow. And I remember like it was yesterday, I opened the theater door and I just see like that opening scene and I was so mesmerized by it that I just like took the first seat and three hours later or however long the movie was, I got up and I went, oh shoot, I was supposed to meet someone here and they weren't even there. So I got in so much trouble, but I was like, I just couldn't help it. I was so mesmerized. I just loved movies and I just, I, I, I feel that way to this day about just film and filmmaking and the whole process so um there's definitely more i see you see more representation now there's more of us um i often wonder sometimes like do these young girls that you see now i wonder if their parents are supportive if that's how they're able to you know go to these auditions and then get cast and either way i just think um about my experience with it and i go you know it was all a bigger part of the puzzle and just the pieces that needed to to happen for me to become who I am today and I, I can't change anything about it and um it's a very ch- challenging thing to wait for someone to call your phone and pick you I've been doing this for a very long time I've 
only booked a handful of things, but that's when, um, when I met my husband, he has a film degree and he encouraged me to write my own script and to create my own content, especially because he goes, you have so many stories to tell. And he says, and only you can, you know, um, these people go in, in Hollywood can't tell your people's stories the way you could tell them. Right. And so that's currently where I am right now. Um, and it, to me, it's a combination of um, creating content, like being present on Instagram and mm-hmm. creating these, you know, different, I have a YouTube channel and things as such. And to me, it all goes hand in hand because to me, it's all about amplifying um, South Asian voices and Desi voices. And we're right. not always going to sound the same, but we have to put them out there because there's so many of us that need these voices so that's where I'm at right Uh, and thank you and uh, we talked about this over our introduction call too but like thank you for highlighting the positives of our culture like you are doing like our voices who we are like we're we're you know there's so much difference in between you know there's so many people um different kinds of people within our community so like thank you for highlighting that good part and not just the bad part (laughs) Oh, thank yeah. you. I think you, you and uh, the three of us had talked about this yeah. the other day when we first chatted. Um, I struggled at first because I wasn't sure what my lane was. Yeah. I'm not, you know, always in Shell Markhamuses. I don't even have that many in my closet. I don't have a relationship per se with my family. I'm married to an African-American man and... You know, so it was like, if I share, I don't want someone to think I'm trying to like shit on my culture because that's never my intention. So when I share what I've been through, I was kind of scared and I didn't know what my lane was. And then as time went on and I slowly just put things out there little by little, I just became comfortable with, okay, this is my voice. I, not everyone is going to relate to this and people are always going to judge you. You could show up in your shavarkamis and be saying all the positive things. People will still judge you. So I just had to do it my way and realize, okay, uh, whoever decides to stay and come and follow on this journey, they're welcome to. And who doesn't, I wish you well. So I just, I try my best to just share what I can, but also, like I said, not being ashamed, no matter what we've been through. Um, it, it, I'm proud to be where I'm from, you know? So, Right. right. Oh, so, so nice. And thank you for doing that. Just like yeah. what I had said, because, you know, when we started this, we were actually, we were so tired. We completely acknowledged the privilege and the, you know, the openness that our family comes from having come from mm-hmm. like, you know, a family of artists and designers. And we actually just found out a really cool fact the other day where like our great grandfather had actually wished to his sons and daughters that, you know what, I don't wish for doctors and lawyers in the family. I actually wish for poets and like artists and designers. We did not know yeah. that. Um, and the fact that this was in like the 40s was really cool to us. Totally. So- so we you know we found that out but you know having acknowledged all of that we know that that's not that's not the case for a lot of people around us so many close people uh including best friends and relatives even that we've grown up with uh it doesn't necessarily have to be the you know everybody around us that went through the same experience and when we started hearing that phrase lo kya kaenge and we started hearing that phrase about like you know you can't pick a certain thing in your life uh, to do or to pursue because you're afraid of somebody saying something was a completely ludicrous fact to us. So, you know, um, we are thankful to our parents that they have often like, you know, been the shield that we need from the world and, you know, given us the green light to go do things. Right. Uh, But even just this morning, we were talking about certain things that having been from like, you know, come from that culture of, responsibility putting other people's needs before you know we think of us 
or you know even just about the fact that having to provide additional clarifications of like why a certain thing is needed by you to your parents before you can actually <laughs> achieve it yes it's yeah. definitely there still there yeah um so you know but that being said all of that being said like you know the fact that like you said well sorry but this is who i am I'm and i do it anyway <laughs> do it anyway yeah. you do have big balls <laughs> you are amazing <laughs> I mean, I got to say, though, because there's so many layers to all of our stories. Um, mm-hmm. I have an older brother who was very protective of me. And he was like the, the black sheep of the family. He came home one day covered in tattoos. And you can imagine like my parents faces. So he was very like he took the bullets first. And then mm-hmm. he he's right above me in age. Um, there's a girl, boy, girl, boy. And um, we're not close today. I actually haven't spoken to him in years. But every day, I don't think there's a day that goes by that I don't think about him and how I wouldn't be able to do what I do if it wasn't for him. Um, I remember particularly there was an a arranged marriage situation and he was overseas. He was a professional athlete. He played basketball and he was playing overseas. And he came back and he said, I'm, you guys are not going to do this to my sister. I'm going to protect her and her dreams. And he was the reason I'm even in LA. He um, helped me pay for a car and he put me in the car. And I still remember like, and he said, go make your dreams come true. And he was always very supportive when I didn't have anybody to support me, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like I said, we're not close today. I haven't spoken to him in a few years, but a lot of who I am was because he was like, no, like sh- she's, you know, whatever she wants to do, I want to support her, you know, and he saw something and he helped me pay for my acting classes and stuff like that. So, um, that's oh, a big part of it when you have like a sibling who kind of, like I said, takes the bullets before you. So it, oh. it, it helped a lot, um, on my journey to wow. have somebody. Yeah. Wow. That, yeah. that's, that's, that's amazing. Um, and, and often like, I feel sometimes you know, what we fight with is the stubbornness of a thing being done a certain way all these centuries and the expectation then, you know, just like kind of executed on you saying that, okay, you would probably be doing the same. But we do have, you know, certain, I want to say like, uh, I guess, angels or like people who want to like, right? Yeah, I do. I believe that. Um, I don't know, like you come across people over the years and stuff and they have different faiths and different things that they believe. And ironically, like I've met a lot of people from different backgrounds who will tell me, oh no, you have angels with you. And I just, I believe it though, just because of the things that I've been through in life, somehow I've always landed on my feet. And I was like, no, there is definitely something, you know, I think I'm supposed to be here to do something, you know, I have purpose, hence my blog. But yeah, no, it definitely feels that way, especially when sometimes like life just has a funny way of working out the way that it does and leading you. And I believe you're exactly where you're supposed to be at any given time. So I believe that. Ah, that's so cool. And so uh, talk to me a little bit about like, you know, where you are right now and where you're, you know, you completely gave us a high level outline of what you're doing every single day. But, you know, um, what is a, a sort of next steps purpose, if I may, um, that you are looking to achieve in your next, you know, endeavors and basically the work that you do every day? Well, that's funny you say that. I just finished um, making a vision board right before I got on this call Ooh. with you guys. And I had literally planned so many things out personally and professionally on it. And a lot of it 
on top of it was like all my like acting and art stuff though and where I want to go with that and the goal is to um keep continuing to create my own I the thing I'm working on is episodic so I eventually want to create films as well right. I have different stories that I'm working on simultaneously and they always are you know through the lens of South Asian voices and our experiences so there's that and then um we also have um just different my husband and I are we have our hands in real estate as well and then we also have our hands in we have an Amazon business and just we're kind of like all over the place so it's all about like trying to just piece all of it together um and just kind of organize our lives better and then there was also an area with family on it and um the goal is to also have kids in the next couple of years so there's that as well and um Yeah, for me also it's just to continue to use social media to try and further build community right. and to connect with people and my purpose I believe which is funny no one's ever actually asked me which I'm surprised they're like I'm considering my name but <laughs> I feel like my I don't know if were you guys going to ask me that did I I didn't jump to it did I No no we were okay. definitely I guess yeah that <laughs> was kind of a question yeah <laughs> I feel like my purpose in life is to be of service to others because that's what brings me the most joy. And that's what I want to continue to utilize social media for as well is to um keep amplifying stories and to connect with people and I got on there honestly to let people know um you can get through challenges in life and you can make it to the other side and because I've been through a lot of crap and if I've been able to sit here and I can smile through it um so can the next person so that's that's exactly where i'm at and we were also with the vision board my husband and i were planning out like how to better show up for my social media brand and um right. my blog as well so so that's kind of the next step how cool that's really cool uh, so like with like writing i feel like we discuss this almost every day for social yeah. media and for you know our content um like staying original not even staying original but like staying like true to first of all what you believe in and secondly what your brand or your page is um with so much saturation in like in your daily feed how do you yeah. like tend to i guess kind of stay original and be like okay like this is what i want to write about and of course you have so many different experiences that you know i bet the list is like endless but you know sometimes you do get that block of like oh my god like everybody's writing about something and you know getting lost in there so how do you kind of take out points and stay original about what you want to write well you you kind of laugh i've been trying to create a content calendar for months now like literally months we've sat down yeah sam and i have sat down and he's trying to help me and we have these pillars because everyone that's successful at it says that's what they've done right, right. i try to take like points from people who i like or successful and i still haven't gotten to it and i know maybe that's a block maybe i'm blocking myself from maybe growing further but for me and you guys are probably going to think i'm crazy but i write on the whim the day of i the posts just come to me right and they and i it's not like i sh- i should even i don't even know if i should say that out loud because sometimes <laughs> because the people that are like super successful at this the ones that get paid to do this they always say oh like like you're not always going to be inspired whatever No, I may not be. I didn't post anything yesterday. I right. didn't feel like talking. You know what right. I mean? I, I had one of those days where I just felt like being to myself. But the irony is if I wanted to, I did have a lot of stuff that I could have drawn from. Yeah. And but I do what I this is maybe this will help. So every Sunday 
we go and we shoot though. So we shoot pictures for my Instagram. Um, We get up early Sunday. We have like locations that we try to stay consistent with because uh, I have an aesthetic on my Mm -hmm. feed. I hope it's obvious. Like sometimes I get lost and I'm like, I don't know if this goes like this is going. I wanted it to be like the chai colors essentially like the white and the creams. Right. right? And like, you know, so we have these locations, we go and we shoot. And then I also try to shoot a handful of like reels right. during the week. Mm-hmm. Yes. When I get off with you guys, I'm going to go and try and do some. Um, so as far as like the saturation goes, though, I can, it can be overwhelming. I think all of us can get overwhelmed, especially with your feed and you're just like constantly scrolling. Obsessive. And, <laughs> yeah. And there's stuff that comes up like I'm not even interested in, but because yeah. like, uh, I, maybe I shouldn't say this, but no, I'm just going <laughs> to, I'm going to be honest. I mean, because I've built a rapport with someone, I'm going to support their work. It may not even be something that I care about, but there it is on my main page. And because I double tap, they're going to keep showing it to me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, absolutely. You know somebody, so you're trying to support them or whatever it is that they're putting out there, even if it doesn't, like, it doesn't interest you. And then, like I said, too, I have, um, it can get overwhelming because sometimes I can get anxiety around it. It's just too much. And I don't think as humans, our brains are built for us to be consuming that much information that quickly, that often, right? I have um, timers on there, though. You know how on the iPhones you can set time limits? I have time limits. I don't always abide by them, but I do for the most part. And um, I need breaks from the screen because I'll get headaches otherwise. And um, and sometimes you can go down that, that rabbit hole of, this person's growing or they have this and I don't have this and was my content not good enough and that's when I know it's time for me to take a step back because I get those maybe once every like five to six months or something like that but then I need to like I snap out of it quickly because then I have to remind myself like do you know who the f you are because like (laughs) I have to remind myself (laughs) you're not trying to do what someone else is doing just like they're not trying to do what you're doing and that's not to say you're better than anybody it's about being grounded in your purpose and knowing what it is that you're here to do and why you're doing this so i think it's important to know why because if you're just on there i tell people all the time yes eventually the goal is to grow your community right Right. but i'm not on there just for numbers it's not i don't if i was i wouldn't be able to show up and serve the people that are there now and that wouldn't be fair to them because if even if one person cares what you have to say i really don't think you should take that for granted because There's almost 8 billion people in this world. They stop to care about what you have to say. Right. So why not show up in an authentic and respectful way for the ones who have already taken time to be here instead of being focused on the ones that aren't even here yet. So right. I don't know if that so, helps. So well answer. put. Right. That's so well put. I think we needed to hear that. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> no, totally. Because I'll we... I'll put it to you guys after. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know who the F you are? <laughs> I love that. That should be on a shirt. Seriously. Because we're always... Not, well, now we're much better now, but we used to be, especially when we first started, in the cycle of, like, oh, my God, is this good enough? Oh, my God, like, are we doing enough and all of that? But honestly, like, we have met, it's been, like, three, almost two and a half years now. Right. And we have met so many cool people right. and made so many connections. It's, like, to this day, like, whoever was with us from like day one is still talking to us today so you know that's when we realized hey baby it's not about like the caption and the post it's about like us and like how, what like our thought processes so that's definitely really cool great yeah. i will say so two things i met my best friend on instagram and he is like he lives in he's in canada but you know like that's my best friend like i will i text him at all hours of the day he texts me we're like in sync in terms wow. of like jokes like 
my husband will see me at the phone laughing and he'll be like, is that CJ? He already knows, you know, because that's like the type of friendship I have with this person. I met him through Instagram. Wow. You know, and not a lot of people know that, actually. I don't even know if I've ever said it, like, (laughs) outside of our home. Not even because I was trying to hide it. It's just like, that's my friend. It's become like someone who's like a brother to me. So, like, can you imagine if I, you know, didn't put myself out there on social media? I would have never met like one of my best friends and then the second thing also being i do believe that if you want it to be a business that you should treat it as such so you Mm -hmm. show up to it the way you would show up to a job and put in the work absolutely you know what i mean because otherwise then it is a hobby and i think the good thing about uh the times that we live in now is that we have opportunities that we didn't necessarily have 10 years ago so there's really no excuses as to why you can't do the things that you want to do and even with me going back to my acting I spent many times crying and wondering why I didn't get picked if I went to an audition and I thought I did good and then I never got called again or why my phone never rang period for auditions. Like I'm sitting there and I'm like, Oh, there's a, they see character. I didn't even go into the room and audition for that. But it was, it it took my husband having to tell me, he's like, people, um, this thing in your hand, this phone, he's like, you can do whatever you want with it. So utilize it. Don't just sit there and scroll aimlessly. Cause he's like, now the power is in your hands. So what are you going to do with it? So there's like, the, the multi layers of it. If you do want to create a business, like don't sleep on the opportunities that we do have because it's totally possible. Completely agree. And you're so right. Like actually we were talking about maybe this morning that, you know, the differences between like our dad is a business owner, has owned his own agency in Pakistan for over now 28 years. And, you know, th- but the tools that he was trained on are, are like vastly different actually completely the right. polar opposite of the tools that we have available today you know right. from the days of like just putting together designs by hand versus you know actually hand delivering them <laughs> meanwhile yeah. you know yeah. slack is like our preferred <laughs> way of email now you yeah. know so things like that yeah. which we really like you said there's no excuses and the other flip side that i'm like really in like you know in awe at all times is that what you've done by putting yourself out there, your story out there, and then obviously putting it in a way that like it resonates with people so much that right. they're actually feeling comfortable talking to you and reaching out to you. Right. Um, I can't believe that sometimes. It, well, I shouldn't say I can't believe it because I've heard almost all my life where people will be like telling me things and then they'll go, I've never told anybody that. I don't even <laughs> feel comfortable, but I don't know something about you. Um, which is something I'm so glad you guys brought up because in the last probably six months, I had to have a conversation with myself and I had to say, what are your gifts? Lean into them. God gave you whatever he gave you for a reason. Stop running from what you're good at and lean into it. And one of my greatest gifts that I pride myself on and so grateful for is my ability to connect with other people because it's something I am good at. I just never really thought about it because you just, it's second nature to you maybe. And um, I'm probably just turning into like uh, me talking about my husband every two seconds. Him, <laughs> it was <laughs> he helped me realize that he's because he pointed. I was like, you know, you you have this gift where you like people just feel comfortable with you and they want to like talk to you. So I get that often where people they open up, and I think it's such a beautiful thing. Um, even then, like you need balance in life, like I said, because you got to take breaks for your own mental. Right. Because sometimes you may you know empathize with people and carry certain things with you. And you need to have that balance. But yeah, that is, isn't that crazy to think? Um, I, it never gets old when someone DMs me and says, I, f- I did this because you said this and I felt 
like I could because you said, right, and I wow. was like, oh my God. I was like, did you read the disclaimer though? Because if it goes wrong, don't blame me. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> it's true though. I, you know, but it's like, I, I, it's just, it's crazy to think. I mean, you, you're like, on one hand, you're like, yeah, of course. Like, you know, but on the other hand, I'm just so humbled. I can't right. sometimes fathom, oh, somebody out there is actually thinking about me or somebody said they went and bought this thing because they saw me with it. Like, you can't even, it's weird sometimes, it's you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's surprising. Completely. Not even weird. that they're weird. It's just like, you. <laughs> if you guys were in my head every day, like, I'm just, I consider myself such like a, I don't even know what the word is. I'm just always in like sweats and just not caring. Like I never <laughs> yes. even put, I barely put makeup on. I was like, you actually want to do something that I'm doing? It's true. I feel like we <laughs> totally relate. It's so true. So yeah. true. Just like, uh, just the fact that somebody wants to take three seconds out of their day and like read what you're writing and then resonate with it and then message you. Um, it's yeah. funny because in real life people don't do that, but internet friends do that. And I think that's really, that's really cool. And that's why I'm like really glad we actually like put ourselves on Instagram and on out there. So yeah, I agree completely. And honestly, like uh, looking at the kind of like access that certain groups of people have to other people. So for example, if we ever go back to Pakistan, you know, mm-hmm. visited once or twice and stuff like that, you know, we're mm-hmm. often um, met with like surprise, uh, I want to say expressions and sometimes like, you know, hey, like, you know, oh, how do you talk about this or that so openly? Or, you know, how right. do you put yourself out there, etc. So I feel like what you're doing, um, you know, and I can imagine all these people in the back, like, just like, even if they are, you know, just going onto your account and just like looking at the content and, you know, you're providing a way of actually broadening horizons, um, something that is right. not necessarily the case with a lot of people. You know, there are so many topics that are off the table that are can't be discussed, that are taboo, mm-hmm. even to this day. And yes, of course, we have that super elite group of people that, you know, thinks that they're the greatest and can <laughs> discuss anything in the whole wide world and possibly feel like it's their responsibility to. But the people who are actually feeling some very serious troubles in their life or, mm-hmm. you know... Um, or exist in families that <clears throat> don't think that things like anxiety or depression or disorders are a real thing. Uh, yeah. You know, it's a, an account like yours, I feel like, is giving them that validation almost to say, hey, right. what you're going through is real. Right. And here I am, another person who went through all of this. So, yeah. Thanks for that. Oh, thank you. I think it's important, especially mental health, I think, yes. in our culture to talk about. I struggled with depression for a few years and I didn't even know how to, to give it a name. Right. Um, this was a few years ago. So it was like four or five years ago and I really hit rock bottom and I didn't even know what it was. I had to talk to a friend who was older than me. She was in her fifties and um, you know, she's American and she's I think you're struggling with depression. And I said, Oh no, because there's so much taboo around it. You don't want to believe it. Right. It's an automatically you assume I'm not weak. I yeah. can't be going through this because you are taught the wrong things around you know, what's sometimes just natural for the body because you're dealing with so much, right? right? Um, But yeah, I definitely um, got a lot of those messages when I used to share a little bit more about my journey with depression where people would be like, me too, what did you do, you know? So even with that, like no one size fits all cure, but I do remember seeing a doctor about it and um, the doctor mentioning the things that I could control, that I could change. And for me, that meant um, working out. I love working out. It's, if you guys ever watch my stories, 
I bring you along with me with my workouts. And um, then I ask you at the end, are you working out? Because I try to encourage everybody to move their body and take care of their health. And, um, you know, the other thing for me was changing the things in my environment that I could, getting um, far away from people who didn't align with my purpose or who I was trying to become. And uh, sometimes that even meant distancing yourself from family because maybe they were not the best for your mental health. And um, yeah, sometimes you just got to make the tough decisions and try to control the, the narrative as best as you can and try to help aid, you know, the process of you trying to go through and your body trying to go through what it's going through at the time. Right. And we're not taught those things, actually, if you really think about it. Um, you know, uh, of course, we have, and I think we've talked about this before in an earlier episode, but we have health class here. We have, you know, a, to a degree, like some yeah. parts of like mental and sexual health, etc. But uh, there are so many, actually, there are no classes about personal well-being or, you know, yeah. um, or even like, you know, hey, these things ex exist. If you see symptoms of such a disorder or such you know uh, a condition uh this is what it's called and back in pakistan nothing like yeah. that at all um and so i think that the internet has created a way for us to like talk about our stories but then in there i you know people are be able to identify that hey i right. might be going through that actually let me just find out a little bit more um yeah We've been blessed to, you know, be able to actually connect with people from India and Pakistan and, you know, those parts of the world where certain people who, you know, live with chronic illnesses that are invisible have talked openly, you know, about them and other people have actually, uh, you know, said, oh my God, I'm going through the same thing and this right. is what it's called. Right. Um, yeah. So that's definitely something that I feel like we more and through LKK do. Right. We yeah. Try and talk about things that like otherwise people might not be talking about. Yeah. I um, mean, we've had a wide range of topics, I feel like. Right. Um, and especially the ones from like our guests from like Pakistan and stuff. Like she we have this one guest and she talks a lot about anxiety and severe panic attacks and depression and stuff and she's been going through it since like years now um and before when like it was all over the internet that hey like mental health and all of that like before before all of this she was like advocating for it and recognizing that she's going through it so she started writing blog posts on facebook and stuff and you know it's just cool to see that now because uh, we were talking about the younger generation being comfortable with their, like, culture now. I feel like that also has to do with, like, internet, you know? Oh, 100%. Yeah, like, 10 years ago or whatever, even when we came here, like, there was no, like, embrace your culture or, you know, everybody's beautiful. There was nothing like that on Instagram or anywhere. But, like, now looking at our, like, even younger sister, she's so much more aware of, like, hey, like, you can embrace your culture. And she's more aware of, like, hey, this is... Uh, this is mental health or this might be depression or this might be this and she knows how to self-help so I think that's cool for the younger generations um, yeah. or like the kids now they're so much more self-aware yeah I again yeah, I see that and I think it's so beautiful I think and there's less shame now right. than there once was because I know a lot of us probably dealt with shame you know and feeling like embarrassed because I mean for me I thought at first oh well, I'm being ungrateful if I feel this way because right. look at all the good stuff I have in my life. Like right. I have a roof over my head, food to eat every day, whatever, you know. But that kind of stuff doesn't suffice when you're just kind of dealing with stuff internally. So I'm glad to see that the younger generation is 
um, less fearful and in getting the help that they need or vocalizing what, what it is that they feel like they might be going through. Right. Absolutely. I just hope that the, our elder people also like finally started to kind of realize that because, you know, um, us being more self-aware about everything now, we can see those things in, in our elders and, you know, but it, we still can't talk to them about it that hey like you might be going through this or you know you might need some kind of help like we're just trying to help them but they don't even want to hear it so I wish that like because they still you know they're, they're still they still have a life to live I just wish that they self-helped and you know made it a little bit better for themselves but maybe maybe it'll get through to them I don't know maybe I mean you know we talk a lot about in certain episodes that we have said like you know even if it's about identifying hey I'm going through a tough time or I can ask for help or we've had like an episode on just toxic masculinity that exists in the you know South Asian culture um and then obviously in other cultures as well but you know I what I think what you're describing is definitely like uh the I feel what other generations have been taught and then how can we break those cycles? And I think like part of breaking those cycles is exactly like, you know, doing what we're doing and then um, interacting with other people who have the same sort of purpose. Um, So you're, you're absolutely right. Um, And then this like stigma of like a parent's like having to, or like needing to keep it together all the time for their kids, you know? And you can clearly see them falling apart, but you can't really say anything because you don't want to hurt their ego or whatever. So I feel like this goes on a lot around us um, all the time. Yeah. 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 I, um, I'm listening to you guys because I've felt so much of what you're saying. Right. And then um, I just want to share for me, I had to learn to let go of the, I don't want to say hope, but then the idea that I could change my elders or bring them to awareness that they may never come to it took me a long time but it was because for me personally not saying you guys do this but I didn't want to keep getting let down in hopes that they would change and then they never did or never were open to it do you know what I mean and I had to learn um because you know when you start learning all these good things that are helping you you want to share it with the people that you love you know like hey you know i went for a walk and it made me feel so much better maybe you could you know and then maybe the walk could turn into a run or hey guys i tried this new like superfood in my smoothie and it made me feel so good you know maybe you'll want to put down like the oily foods and try it and then eventually it was like okay i'm I'm sometimes feeling I'm talking to a wall yeah. and you know, they're not going to listen and all that energy that I was putting in over there, I had to take that energy back and just keep putting it into myself. And I was like, okay, I can only, I can only change myself. I gotta, (laughs) I gotta let go of things that I have no control over because I would probably be holding my breath for a long time for, you know, my elders to come around and to see things in a way um, that can help them the way that we're learning in our generations, you know, through the help of the internet and as such. So I, uh, I do, I just, I say, I'm like, uh, I'll love you from over here and wish you well. (laughs) I'll be over here and you guys can be over there. And um, yeah, especially because sometimes when people are not willing to, you know, listen or be open to change, that can trickle into your life Mm -hmm. in a way where the toxicity or the different things that they carry that they're not willing to be more open about like, hey, you know, you have trauma that's unhealed. Maybe you guys might want to talk to somebody about that or this has been passed down from generation because we saw it with our grandparents and then you and, you know, and then sometimes it's like they're just so 
uh, religion and culture, religion and culture, <laughs> religion and culture. Yes. You know, they don't want to hear anything that's outside of that right. because God forbid, like, you know, that you introduce something new, even though, like, I think God put therapy and all that good stuff here for a reason. But um, so, yeah, I had to learn to, like, just yeah. kind of, like, say, okay, well, I'll wish you well from over here. And uh, I don't want to impede on my growth and mm-hmm. my ability to be open to receive new information so that maybe I can be better. Because like I said, for me, it's about my future generations as well, that I, everything I do is with them in mind, even though they're not here yet. So in a way, what you've just said that you did is way harder, I think, though. Yeah. I 100%. mean, <laughs> you know, percent. Yeah. I mean, especially for people who may still be around their family. My family sold me, so it made it a little bit easier for me to not have opinions on anything because I don't have relationships with them, you know? But mm-hmm. even when I did, I had to learn, like, okay, if I'm going to talk to this person in my family, no matter how, and I was somebody, like, things bothered me because I'd be like, you're complaining to me, I have the answer, and you don't want to hear it, you know? Mm-hmm. So it was really hard, and I put my foot in my mouth so many times by, like, forcing opinions where they weren't welcome. So. Right. But it is not easy, and it takes practice, And but it's totally doable and worth it and finding boundaries, too, with your relationships with your loved ones, and then kind of accepting sometimes that we got to let go of that control. I think one of the um, things that needs to change and evolve about our culture is that so many of us, because we're just taught this, like, we're always in each other's business, and we think it's our job to tell other people how to live. And right. then we do it too, even at our age, because we're taught this. Right. We do it with our siblings. You know what I mean? And exactly. we're always like, well, if you don't do things this way, you just automatically get upset. And you think that you have a right to an opinion on how somebody else should be living because that's what we're raised right. to believe, you know? Completely. So it's like something that I had to learn. Like, even if you think you know what's best, like you could have, you could have all the answers, but sometimes what you have to learn in life is that it's not for you to decide that for the other person. They got to go and make their own mistakes and maybe they'll never learn. You know, it's that saying, what's that saying where you can bring, um, is it a cow to the water, but you can't force it to drink? You know what I mean? Yes, yes, yes. Yep. You're absolutely right. It's like that. (laughs) But yeah, no, it's not easy at all. No especially for someone like me i'm like a capricorn i'm stubborn like i I used to think i knew everything so (laughs) but yeah it's something you gotta work at i mean it shows a lot of lot of and i mean a lot of strength and i'm so bad at it i mean you can ask my sister sitting right here i'm so bad at that um you know being able to but i think like um it goes uh actually both ways because we we also identified like where does our relationship break apart and breaks apart when you know, our hopes or our uh, sort of like expectations and our like dreams of the other person can be like, you know, so much more bigger and what the other person sometimes just need needs yeah. is like maybe some room to grow. But then, yeah. you know, there is also what you're explaining, like, you know, there's just sometimes tunnel vision when it comes to, you know, what we've been taught or what somebody has been taught. And then, you know, that's all they know, like the ABC, but they never want to go, uh, you know, beyond that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and that's our el- that's our elders' generation. That's something yeah. my husband and I often talk about. You know, like even though we're from completely different parts of the world, that's something yeah. our parents have in common. Right. So yeah. we, yeah, and it's it's exactly what you said because I was the type of person where I saw the potential in everybody. Like mm-hmm. I think everybody has greatness in them. Right. So then I'd be like, okay, well, bring it out. You got to do this. You got to do yeah. that. And I was like, I've been called bossy in my life, you know, and right. I, I I admit it. Like I've worn that hat, you know, right. and I had to just go. I need to just be quiet and right. I need to take that energy and I need to focus on myself. Right. And honestly, it's going to sound 
I don't know, maybe crazy, but my life did get better as a result of it because right. all that energy that I was like trying to tell other people how they should be living and all this good stuff, even if it was, like I said, positivity, things right. I learned that I wanted to share, right. when I just took it and I put it back into myself, I was like, okay, life just, it got better around me, right. you know? Right. But it was it's all about like learning to focus on ourselves. But it's like you said too, I mean, even being an older sibling, you just can't help it, right. you know? But yeah, it's definitely something that I think is worth practicing 100%. Absolutely. Um, you won't believe it, but it's been like about an hour since we've been talking <laughs> again. <laughs> Um, but we definitely want to end with like, you know, because uh, we plan on having you back and of course having so many more conversations with you. Um, you know, we did talk about a lot of like, you know, the good stuff and the things that we can improve and stuff like that. Um, you know, so looking towards the future and future episodes and conversation, what are some conversations and topics around, you know, obviously South Asian times American times, you know, westernized culture, I guess, like all of the beautiful melting pot stuff that yeah. we have going on in our lives. Uh, what would you be more like, you know, uh, interested in talking about in upcoming or future episodes? Something that I often get asked about that I'm by no means an expert on, but maybe mm-hmm. I could offer my take on is uh, marrying outside of your culture. I get asked that on um, like every every day. I get a DM from somebody asking about that. So that's wow. something I think maybe we could discuss, and then also um, to kind of catapult off, off of that topic. Uh, following your dreams and pursuing things that may not be acceptable in your culture as well. So kind of trying to build a life that is not the one that your family wanted you to live. We would love that. (laughs) Absolutely. And thank you so much for your time and your energy today. It was just like such a pleasure getting to know you. Um, Finally. Finally, yes. (laughs) We've just been like loving you from afar too. Um, Oh my God. Thank you so much, ladies. I love what you're doing. I think it's, I love the name too, obviously. Thank you. Like, so important, you know what yeah. I mean, especially in our culture. And I just think uh, we need more um, spaces that are yeah. held up by our our log and our women especially, um, and just being confident enough to put our voices out there and tell our stories, you know, totally. unapologetically, because I think yeah. that's so important. I completely agree. And like empower other people to, you know, be able to just do it without fear. Because yeah. um, I feel like we don't, we just don't have that. And if I may add, even when you feel fear, to just go forward anyways. I try to tell people that. Because right. um, if I may just add one little thing. Of course. I, I still get nervous when I'm posting or telling stories or creating videos. Like people sometimes get surprised. Like, oh, well, I don't believe it. No, I do. Because you just, you're putting, it's you're being vulnerable. And right. it's not easy to be vulnerable, right. you know. Where you're sharing personal parts of your life and your journey that you may otherwise keep deeply buried you know in here and it's just something that for me sometimes i feel the fear and i just do it anyways because i tell myself i as far as i know i only get one shot at this thing called life so why not do it to the best of my abilities right. and the things that we fear most most like most of the time they can't even physically hurt us it's just things that we psych ourselves up over right. and make right. ourselves feel sick over and then they can't even really hurt you. But I, you feel the fear and you just, just do it anyways. Just right. go forward anyways. Oh, what a lovely, lovely, lovely message to end on. Thank you so much. We'll end with that. But thank you so much once again for your story and your energy. Uh, We so look forward to having you on our in our podcast again uh, and talking about exactly what you've you know um, mentioned that you would like to talk about Um, because I think that also is such an important topic and one which. Uh, not many people confess to going through, but they do. So with that, 
Thanks so much, guys, for listening to us. And as always, don't worry about... Lokyakehenge! Woohoo! Bye, ladies. Nice chatting with you. You too. Thank you so much.